Morning, everyone. We have been looking at angels and um, shepherds and kings, and of course, it's Christmas. So it's just a quick talk this morning because we've got so many other things that we are trying to fit in. We can move it on a slide. One moment. There we are. That might make a little bit more sense. To be honest, um, you can do like lots and lots of Christmas talks. <laughs> Thank you so much, Josh, for suggesting that while I'm talking, people screw up their pieces of paper. It's wonderful. It goes against that teacher instinct where you just want to go, put it down. <laughs> Move away from your piece. Of... No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. No, put it under your chair. <laughs> Anyway, and then you have that child who moves it under the table and carries on screwing it up. You're like, I see you. I can see you. Anyway, so we looked, first of all, at visits from the uh, angels, predominantly to the shepherds. Then last week, Nick looked at the visit of the shepherds and the kings to Jesus, and then we responded by doing, um, by praying, uh, and really praying for our town. And my goodness, uh, that remains very needed. But the final visit in this mini-series is the visit of Jesus. It's an easy one to miss, unfortunately, um, perhaps amidst the wrapping paper. But definitely, it's an easy one to miss. It's actually the visit of Jesus. Earth is not really Jesus' home, as it were. So it was a visit. So I understand that Jesus' visit to this planet is the most significant visit of any royal, anywhere, any time. The most significant visit ever. He is the greatest influencer ever. We look at uh, social media these days and people who actually have the sometimes almost self-acclaimed title of influencer, they're like, you may, you may have influence, and everyone has some influence. No one has the influence that Jesus has. Phenomenal level of influence. The most powerful person ever. The most sacrificial person ever. The most majestic person ever. The most fascinating person ever. The most compelling person ever. Jesus. And he came and visited us. So through his death, he has reconnected me to the Father. The Father. All my rubbish, my wrong motives, my hatred, my jealousy, my bitterness, and more, they were all dealt with on the cross. The consequence of all my junk for all time ultimately and finally dealt with in a few hours of agony and hell on the cross. The punishment, as the Bible says, that brought me peace, and peace isn't peace, peace is wholeness, the punishment that brought me wholeness was on him. The power of everything that could ever get in the way of my relationship with the Father has now been dealt with. By Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. 
There is quite literally nothing that hasn't been dealt with by what Jesus did that means it can block my relationship with the Father. And yet, I'm going to be really vulnerable with you for a moment. I have times where I feel pretty disconnected from him. Like, like I love him, but through a pane of glass. I know the facts of what Jesus has done for me. I've been in church most of my life. I said yes to Jesus when I was 13. I'm now 40-something. Uh, and I, I therefore have known him for 35 years. I know the facts of what he's done for me. And yet sometimes, being really honest with you, my heart is, just isn't stirred. I think of him and I feel unmoved. My heart unwarmed. God has great plans for me that he can only see achieved through his Holy Spirit. And yet... I try to take matters into my own hands. I mean, when I don't feel him, I live from a place of trying. Now that is tiring, right? Really tiring. How I long to live day after day aware of his presence. He was born into a backwater in the Middle East so that I can do more than learn about him. I can actually know him in any and every given moment. So, I know that to live without passion for him is to be living a life with misplaced priorities. I mean, what are my priorities going on that mean I can honestly feel disconnected from Jesus? This baby, he came for me. He came for... He saw me and he came for me. We would do well to spend some time in wonder over this. You know, over the, over the Christmas break, some of us, many of us, have just found we've got more time than we thought we would. Phone down, TV off. Reading the Christmas story and saying, God, make this come alive in my heart. I can see that you came for me. Maybe you are a bit like me, and sometimes you can feel a bit unmoved by God. Perhaps he feels more like, I don't know, an accessory or a hobby almost. Maybe you're too scared to admit it. I mean, I wouldn't admit it. (laughs) What self-respecting pastor would admit that? Well, I would. Do I live my every day desperate for him, hungry for him? Or do I sometimes live whole days only touching base morning and evening as I plough my way through that which has to be done? Yeah, sometimes I do. There is a decision I make every day, and that is this one. I am never, ever, ever going to give up going after Jesus, 
regardless of how connected to him I may or may not feel. In every aspect, he is the greatest of all time and he inspires me. I will admit, going after him sometimes can feel a bit like duty. But duty is a cruel taskmaster, as is striving. Sacrifice, however, pushing other things aside so I can get to the one who adores me more than anybody else is absolutely worth my time and is to be embraced. We never want to go after God out of duty and out of striving. But making sacrifices to push through the junk to get to him, that is so worth it. I mean, perhaps you are sometimes feel similar to me. I don't know about you guys at home. I mean, this lot in the room, they look a pretty godly bunch. I'd have considered that unlikely, but you're not just enthusiastic about him. You, you just feel, I don't know, you feel a bit indifferent. Perhaps you just feel a bit distracted. Oh, it's Christmas. I've heard the Christmas story. You're pretty sure you love him, but like, when did you last feel like you loved him? Perhaps your relationship feels more like it's slipping into religion and ritual. That's okay. I mean, in that you're certainly not alone. There's at least two of us. But do you know the most dangerous aspect of all of this? It's this. It's when we haven't even noticed that we feel a bit cold and unmoved. Or even worse, when we have noticed and do nothing about it. I honestly thank God that he's so close that I can feel distant at times. I'm going to say that again. I thank him that he is so close that I notice and I can feel when he is distant. Of course, he isn't distant at all. It bothers me. It saddens me. Nothing and no one else will satisfy at all. I mean, what have I honestly got without Jesus? I have an incredible, fabulous wife. I have a brilliant, I have brilliant daughters. I have a, a house. I have a car. I have friends. I have so many things. I've got some Apple gadgets. And forgive me, Steve Jobs, but even that doesn't satisfy Nothing satisfies like he satisfies. Nothing. And at Christmas, more than any other time, it's so easy to chuck other junk into that gap. Like when, you, like when babies and just, you know, babies just coming out, being babies, play the game where they have shapes and they have to try and fit them in. I love when they can't get them to fit, so they just shove them. Like, yeah, that is really great practice for you as an adult. Because that's what we do so much of the time. We know the things that fit in that gap, but we try and fit as many other things in that gap as we possibly can. And I do it too. So how do we respond to this? Well, Paul, when he wrote to the church at Philippi, said this, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion 
into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Oh, how many times do I do that? However, I do have one compelling focus. Colon. In other words, this is the compelling focus. Here it comes. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. My word. That is amazing. This comes from Paul who said, at times I just don't even do the things I want to do. And the things that I know I want to be doing, I find myself not even doing them and I'm doing other things. You're like, Paul, mate, fist bump, love it. That's how I feel. Sometimes you may not feel very connected. It may even be rare that you feel connected. It may be, actually, do you know what? I don't think, Chris, I've ever felt connected to him. But now is the time to go after him. To respond to his outstretched arms. See, every day he beckons me and he woos me and he draws me to him. After all, it's not his stuff that is in the way, it's mine. He has done everything to get to me and he still does every day. I honestly don't understand why God's heart should melt when he sees me. Bearing in mind, I sometimes don't even look like looking at pictures of myself. But it does. His heart melts when he sees me. And his heart melts when he sees you too. So for me at least, and maybe for you, with 2021 ahead... COVID cannot steal any more of our focus. When I was learning to drive and you would go down country-ish lanes and you knew that two cars would fit and my driving instructor said to me, whatever you do, look at where you're going, not the car coming the other way because that's where you're head. Brilliant advice. And after 30-something years, thankfully, I still follow it and you get that, you look peripherally but you're like, that's where I'm looking. COVID doesn't deserve my full attention. And neither does anything else other than him. The baby who came on the most daring rescue mission ever deserves my full attention. And I want to give him my full affection. Let's just stand. We're going to quickly pray. God, we freely admit to you that sometimes we're just a bit cold, a bit unmoved. We can feel a bit distant. We're a little bit going going through the motions. And yet, it's like every single day you're sending Jesus again and again and again. You're pursuing us. As the Bible says, where can I go from your presence? If I go up to the heights, you're there. Down to the depths, you're there. You are pursuing us. We sing that song about you kicking every wall down to get to us. Like nothing will stand in the way. And all it needs is for us to respond. 
to Father, I thank you that you utterly forgive me and forgive us all for our tiredness, our lacklusterness, our indifference sometimes towards you. And it just melts away by the warmth of your affection towards us. There is not an angry bone in your body towards us. Instead, it is joy and delight and affection. Let's just take just a moment in the quiet. Just say your own prayer to him. Today is the day for us to respond afresh to you, to forget what is behind and run forward. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith and an utter, total legend. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.